0: And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag H-I-T-S-M and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of Health IT blog content at healthcareitdata.com. We're in person talking about Physician Practices Survive. Is this the fun we were talking about? This is
1: the, <laughs> this is the fun we're talking about. We very, we very rarely have the opportunity to record our podcast live in person. So this is definitely a special treat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into it. Will Physician Practices Survive?
1: <laughs> oh, great question, John. Absolutely. I think uh, they'll definitely survive, but they may not be in the format that we have them currently today. I think definitely there's going to be have to be some changes and adaptation uh, in the years ahead. But I think physician practices are not going to go anywhere. Um, I think there's just too much of a need, and I think we're recognizing now that there needs to be that primary care physician and how that person can really cut healthcare costs overall by being the main point of contact for a lot of people who just need some rudimentary forms of care and non-acute care.
0: Interesting. I'm not as strong as you. I think a lot of these physician practices are going to be gone. Really? And I think okay. they're going to be eaten up by the Walmarts of the world, the Amazons of the world, or they're just not going to keep up. And you know, once that doctor retires, they're going to be gone. And I don't think someone's going to come and fill that place. So I think a lot of them are in trouble. Now, that said, there's going to be others that do adapt, that do change, that do evolve, and they're going to be just fine, right? So I don't think it's that we're going to see physician practices just disappear like we still need primary care and we still are going to have many locales where the primary care doctor is going to be a solo practitioner or a small group or whatever I think so the class and category of physician practices isn't going to die but I think some of them who aren't progressive who aren't forward thinking that you know their patients just are going to stop coming
1: that's a good point you make I mean is the number of physician practices going to uh, change or decrease over time I think you're right I think we're definitely going to see a decline replaced perhaps by other forms of care that you know maybe are, are piloting now or new ones that come through but I think I guess where I was coming from is more the function mm. of uh, physician practices the function of primary care I don't think is going anywhere I think it'll just maybe change where you go or maybe physically where you're going to go or how you're going to get your care but I still think that we're going to one day wake up and realize man you know what that local doctor that really knew me and knew my family (laughs) and knew my background and knew my circumstance can really do more to keep me out of the hospital than anyone else.
0: Well, I think it's interesting to think about that because do we really want to? And I think we've seen an evolution in many people who are like, no, I don't really want that relationship. I mean, we did a previous episode on That's this, right. Right? That's right? Like, do we want a relationship or not? And so to me, yeah, the function of addressing a chief complaint, yeah, we got to do it some way or another, right? I mean, I don't think coughs and colds are leaving, right? right. Like, we're still going to, you know, cut our arm. We're going right. to do whatever, right? Like, we're going to need stuff that needs certain care. And then also primary care is going to help us with bigger things like cancer and other things. But the the reason why I think many practices are in trouble is, is because the need to be able to address the whole person and the number of doctors we have going into primary care is off, and so there's gonna have to be some innovative companies and solutions and it's a mix of technology and people, I think that's fair, that are gonna come and say, Our current system will not scale. And so it's an opportunity for an entrepreneur to say, what would a scaled up primary care look like? Because we absolutely have to have that. And once they do that, every other solo doctor is going to have to compete with them.
1: It's true. I mean, that's why I think what we're saying, both saying, is that the physician practice, the successful physician practice of tomorrow looks very different Mm. uh, than the one today. Because I think you're right, the current model, the current approach probably isn't going to survive, and if you are adhered just to that, then I think your days are a little bit numbered. Thankfully, having been to MJMA and having been to ShushMed and some other conferences, I'm feeling very confident that people are recognizing, okay, we need to do something different. In some cases, not radically different, <laughs> but just a new approach, a, a new way of providing that care, leading to that new future where there are those walmarts and the amazons and the walgreens of the world providing one form of care and then still these practices that are serving the needs of their communities.
0: Yeah, and I would describe like as I think like what should a physician practice be doing to adapt mm. in order to be able to thrive, right? I mean because you know, I think many practices kind of took it for granted that we were just going to go to our insurance book and say oh there's a primary care doctor and I'm going to go to the one that's closest or I'm going to go to the one that's highest rated or whatever right like and so they took for granted that these patients would just keep coming and to be fair many of us did right I mean, that's what happened for a long time and so now i think you know they can't just take for granted that patients are going to want to come see them there's not going to be the same loyalty either to the f- physician practice i mean I think about my mom. We moved from Utah to Texas. We lived in Texas for seven years. And after we moved back, guess where she went? To the same primary care doctor that we'd had seven years previous. Because she was like, I love this guy and I want to go to him. And sure enough, we went back. Like, I don't think that's going to happen anymore, sure. at least to the extent it did you know, in previous years. So now it's going to be like, okay, what's going to be more convenient? What's going to be more flexible? What's going to take in my whole person? What's going to look at alternative care? What's going to provide a digital one? I mean, the same way I looked at an accountant, I said, oh, I love that I found my accountant on Twitter. Not because I cared if he was on Twitter or not, but I knew that he was progressive and would use technology appropriately. I think the same thing will happen with healthcare.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what for me that's one of the keys for physician practices to thrive in the future is you have to embrace technology, and I, and I mean beyond like online booking of appointments <laughs> and and no waiting rooms.
0: They have a website. Does yeah. that count? <laughs> but
1: but just just knowing like okay like uh, when I go in. Uh, I'm going to be able to see my whole record. And they're going to be able to take some yeah. data from me from some of the things that we were tracking of whether or not I was sleeping properly. right? And and just a lot of these kinds of things. I'm not saying they have to monitor me 24-7, but I want to be able to bring that in and have a discussion with my doc right, around that stuff. That's not things that typical practices do today. And I know we're focusing on primary care, but... You know, I think that is where, and we've seen a little bit of this, right? Like, so there were a couple of organizations right here in Vegas, right? Of course, that were ahead of, their, ahead of the time mm-hmm. that provided all these digital means and a digital, d- digital version of yourself to be able to monitor and track. Um, I think that's coming. I think people are realizing, oh, that's what I need to really thrive in that practice world in the future. And also, you know, in terms of more one-stop shopping. Yeah. Right where I can go, and like the labs right there. Right, the the uh, the other specialists that I would typically see are right there. I don't have to go anywhere else. I got a pharmacy attached. Right, like I think we're going to see more of those medical complexes come through and say that's my practice, mm, and uh, I'm that's interesting. And fully integrated.
0: Yeah, I think the medical complex is interesting, uh, and just and, and to me, it, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a physical one, but a coordinated one. Right. So that I, you know, like I mean the bar is so low in healthcare in some cases. Like, I mean, think about how amazing it would be to go to a practice and they don't hand you the clipboard because they already have your data, right? Like, you know, like, you're like, wait, that sounds normal. That's what everyone should do. And yet, you know, what happens when you go to a practice? Here's a clipboard of the same stuff you filled out three times for the same organization in many cases. And you're like... You're like, that's a low bar, let alone do you proactively care about me? And by the way, if you really care about me, sometimes you're going to say, hey, this is a three-minute visit and get out of here because you've got to get to your kid's soccer game, right? And sometimes you're like, no, I need to spend an hour with you and really understand your needs and understand, you know, the, your approach to wellness and how I can facilitate it. So I think that personalization and customization is going to be key. But what's interesting is you can't do that with people, I think you have to use technology to personalize it to the extent that someone wants to so that it really feels like a unique care experience for them. Uh, you know, I'd love, I mean, humans would do it, right? I mean, if we all had the, the doctor, like the president of the U.S., we would have that, right? right? But we can't do that. So,
1: But, you know, I think also in addition to technology, which we'll circle back to, I think there's stuff physically that's happening to physician practices, especially in primary care that are starting to come through that are really amazing where, you know, the hallway is down the middle and the rooms are off to the side, right? So the doc can just walk between rooms very, very quickly and have to walk all the way around an office. And then also they have monitoring, kind of like what they do in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. How long has this person been waiting? And how long has that person been waiting? How long have they been in the waiting room or maybe not even the waiting, but like in the mall, Right? I have to text them to come back in. How long have they been there? And just tracking all that stuff and just being aware that someone has been waiting that long and sending them updates. These are the kinds of things that people I think are going to really start to notice as, and or these are the things that the practices will have to adopt in order to thrive down the road.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about even just the wait times. Yeah. Right? Like, I think it goes back to just taking for granted that they were here, there in the captive audience and their insurance was stuck there and whatever, right? right. And so that's why they did what they did. But and, and I've talked to many doctors who said, yeah, there are specific incidents where I'm late and people would understand that. But if you're habitually every single day, an hour or two late, then that's just bad planning, right? Like that's bad organization. And it's like, imagine if we went to a restaurant and sometimes you had to wait an hour, sometimes you had to wait two, and by the way, I'm not gonna tell you. It might be three minutes, or it might be, you know, at least restaurants tell us, hey, guess what, you're waiting an hour, and you might choose, I'm gonna go across the street, right? Like, and so, you know, like, I think that has to change as well, is understanding the details of that, and sure, yeah, I mean, I think humans are, are relatively forgiving, but, you know, not if it's habitually every single time that way. It's like, well, that's just poor planning.
1: That's very true. I'm very excited, actually, for what's going to happen uh, for some of these practices. Again, just talking to some of these people at the various shows that I've been and listening to the strong desire to change, right, to Mm -hmm. figure something out. Some of them, it's like you know, they had to completely change models, right, and Mm -hmm. go to value, go to value-based care contracts, or go right over to uh, direct primary care. Others are like, no, no, I can, I can innovate within the system. I can do something to really take care of my patients. And I think, to me, those that were in it for the money, which we know a lot of, a lot of people, you know, hey, that's not... You didn't money. go to
0: primary care if you want money. Exactly. <laughs>
1: but I think that there's Maybe sort of some something happening. That with some of the practices closing, what we're left with with the people who really want to be there and are really want to try to make a go of this. And so I'm excited, actually, for what's going to happen over the next couple of years with the, with the practices.
0: Well, and I think that. the other thing that's key is practices have something that, you know, hospital health systems that are acquiring all the practices, that the Googles of the world that are, are getting in, Amazon getting into it, Walmart, all of these companies that are getting into it, like, what they don't have is is nimbleness, mm. right? They can't be nimble the way a physician practice can. Like, you literally could decide, we're going to change something and do it, right? right. Like, you don't have to wait, there's no committees, you, you, you could just exactly. roll it out and you could create this personalized experience. Granted, you don't have as many resources, so you have to be a little more creative, possibly, but the nimbleness you can use to your advantage.
1: Right, absolutely. Hey, listen, if you're just tuned in, you're listening to Colin Hung and John Lin here at Healthcare IT Today. Today we're talking about whether physician practices are going to make it and what the future looks like. Uh, Today's episode is sponsored by MGMA, who's putting on the MGMA uh, MPEL conference. You can go check that out at mgma.com. So John, let's let's talk and uh, get to the fun stuff. What technologies do you think are going to change or that physician practices are going to need to adopt in order to thrive in the
0: future? Yeah, did you just call the tech stuff the fun stuff? I think You've so. become quite the nerd Colin. I'm kidding, you. I'm, I'm you're, so you're proud rubbing of off your <laughs> on you. You're
1: rubbing off on me, Joe. What can I say? I'm what proud of
0: your tech nerddom now. <laughs> uh, now, I mean I think that there are exciting technologies here that make their lives easier. And you know, I, you know, in some of our AR ones, we talked about this, right? Like the AI solutions are about taking away the mundane. Like, does a practice really want to answer the phone and schedule the patients? no like (laughs) who wants to do that that's not a fun job right and there were some control questions and did they trust it but guess what we've solved that right like people can do this and there's a structure that you can do this, right? And you can use technology and understanding to, to schedule and allow for online self-scheduling, right? Like something as simple as that is like going to make a dramatic difference. I look at the billing side. Mm. You know, billers are hard to find. We have workforce issues. Same with the front desk that might be doing the scheduling, right? Like these workforce issues are going to be solved by technology. So on the revenue cycle side, like, you know, whether it's, you know, computer-assisted coding, you know, that that's going to be interesting to see. It hasn't quite lived up to billing. But I think on the collection side, we're seeing it happen a lot with low balances or with, you know, other, you know, how do I automate uh, the payment plans and and choose what payment plan is right for that patient? Like all of these technologies are available for a a physician practice to use and be able to do with very little staff.
1: Yeah, no, there's there's plenty of technologies that I think are going to impact uh, physician practices and they have to adapt. I to go back to something you said earlier around uh, the waiting room, right? Like we we definitely have we can't have uh, tech- we. They have to adapt technology that allows people not to wait in the physical room. Mm. Like that you know, whether it's a page, whether it's a te- sorry, page a text right? like, <laughs> like that goes. Uh,
0: Healthcare uh, might send a page. That's funny. Page. Maybe I'll send a fax Yeah, send a fax. Hey, your, your, your room is ready.
1: No, but, but that kind of technology, like like again, that restaurants have had, that, that hotels have they say your room is ready, right? That, they text you. I think those are simple things that physician practices and technology they can adapt. The other part is the whole intake side, whether it's you know, filling out the form online, right? looking to see uh, you know, where, where can I book and how can I book the appointment. But even before that, like actually getting matched to a provider that matches my preferences. Can they speak this language? Are they familiar with the culture and my background? And, and, and those are kinds of things that we are starting to see now, right, in terms of being able to go and do that provider search before actually booking the appointment. I think those are things that we definitely will have to uh, have in order to thrive down down the road.
0: Yeah, and I look at it on the clinical side. And if, you know this is a, something that physician practices should be really aware of because it's going to happen on the health system side. They're going to invest in these. But guess what? The physician practice can too. And that's things like you know how the ehr is going to provide the right information and how the hr may even do the whole wellness planning or the chronic care management planning and engagement that provides the information to the physician so that when i walk in there he's not saying so how have you been in the last two months like That's like a waste of time, right? Why are they doing a history, you know, like when that could have been collected by the EHR or by some sort of application or program to do chronic care management to know, like, well, how is your weight progressing? How is your blood pressure progressing? So that then I have a full picture for you. And to be fair, the physician practice is not going to do this, right? They're going to rely on the EHR vendors. They're going to rely on- third party, perhaps. Exactly. They are going to change the interface so that, one, the data is collected to be able to inform the next visit. and two, that it's going to be presented in a way that takes off the cognitive burden on the physician that makes it so that that time, which we know is short for good reason, with the doctor is actually spent dealing with the problems and addressing the situations, you know, hearing what you're feeling, et cetera, as opposed to, okay, so what allergy do you have? Which I understand there's some fail you want to have and whatnot, but there's better uses of your time than that.
1: So, John, what what uh, what are some of the organizations uh, that you're keeping your eye on, or that we should keep our eye on, when it comes to physician practices in terms of the next six to twelve months? Like, who's going to be a mover or a shaker, or what kinds of technologies should we really be going? Yeah, you know what, we need to adapt that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the physician practices number one that they're watching out for is this retail health, private equity, big tech going after, you know, whether it's Amazon with Amazon Healthcare, whether it's Walgreens, whether, you know, all of these, Walmart obviously is making a big play, and they're they're looking and saying, you know, what are we going to do? So I think that would be the number one to watch and see, because what's going to happen is they're going to provide an experience that patients are going to like. Right. And so the physician practice could sit there and say, oh, well, I already have a relationship with them. If they do that, that's when I think we're going to have issues. But if they say, oh, they provided this experience, which, you know, provided a seamless way to get access to drugs, et cetera, like, oh, I can do that in mine, or right. can I, right? And can I follow what they're doing and do something similar? So I think that's maybe the place to start.
1: Yeah, definitely, I would say, keep, let's keep our eye on Amazon and Walmart, Walgreens, and, and all those folks to see what they're doing from the retail health side, uh, and, and maybe borrow, right, some of yeah, the things and conveniences and adopt it for yourself. I'm also, you know, one of the organizations I'm very keen to keep an eye on, of course, is, uh, you know, what's happening with One Medical. Right, and, and, and I know that's that's you know, now it's all part of the big conglomerate, but what they were doing was pretty advanced and pretty awesome in the in the physician practice space. It wasn't quite a roll-up, it was also quasi-technology, it was a little bit of everything. But from the feedback I've been getting from people who are you know in the One Medical network uh, and using One Medical uh, practices, they, they loved it. They loved the experience and the, the focus on technology and adoption of the technology. So that's definitely one organization that I would keep uh, my eyes on.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing that's really interesting for me is you look at acquisitions like Kairos, who acquired uh, you know a, a company, a digital front door yep. company yep. called Epion Health, Epi Health, right? Yep. And you look at that and you're like, why did they do that? Well, what did Epi and provide it provided the front door services that you're talking about that digital check in that experience that we experience everywhere else in our life like and the question is are they going to roll them up into a enterprise you know digital front door package that's going to you know and go do patient engagement i mean i'm watching what salesforce is announcing at their dreamforce conference right and how they're going more in that direction as well and how can they engage patients and how can they make it easy for organizations to engage them right that's changing how we think about healthcare in general and what the experience should be
1: i think the other thing a little bit of a threat uh, although maybe not so much, but it is, it's uh, these new AI technologies that are coming out that help with patient triage and symptom checking. Right? And so instead of like going to the, my doctor and just going, hey, this is, my, this is what's happening, I could go online, uh, maybe to a doctor's website, but but also but interact with an AI bot that says, "Okay, tell me your symptoms. Uh, let's get the readouts from you know the, the devices that maybe you have in their home. And you know, hey, you know what? There's probably sixty percent chance you have this, which probably means you don't need to do anything. Just you know, mm. treat it with over the counter stuff. You're probably fine. But you know." Uh, you know, And in some other cases, may be like, no, no, you know what, this is something you need to go to the ED for. Or oh, no, you know what, go ahead and make that appointment. Mm. I, I think that's a really, I'm really excited about that technology because I think that has the potential to reduce costs and direct people to the right level of care. But I think as a, as a physician practice, you have to be aware of those kinds of technologies to go, hey, maybe I can be the provider of that. Uh, symptom checker and not be sort of the victim of that symptom checker.
0: Now that's a good way to look at it. I also think, you know, we've we've talked about Dr. Google and that everyone turns to Dr. Google forever. Well, I think that's evolving as well. We're no longer saying Dr. Google, although we are, right? And we probably (laughs) will for a long time. But we're also going to Dr. Facebook mm. and we're going to Dr. Reddit and we're going to Dr. other social media platform and yep. one on because there's these micro communities within Facebook where it's like, oh, I want to know who are the best doctors for this. Or, you know, you go to Reddit, there's these micro communities of people that you trust. And so you say, hey, what should I do about this? And, and that's changing how it is. Like, let me tell you a story. One of the people who lived in Denver, turns out, their child lived in Vegas and they needed to go see a specialist and what did they do? They DM'd me that lives in Vegas and said, hey, I'm trying to look for this specialist and here's the need and I want someone who's caring and thoughtful and they gave the whole requirements like you would do in like some health grades or ZocDoc thing, right? But like with with compassion you know and that i wanted someone who cares and is excellent at their job and cares and all this and so i actually reached out to my network and said hey who can help me with this sure and sure enough i sent it to her and she's you know she sent her son there so it's like you know there's all these little social media powered networks that are influencing where we go now that i think are much more powerful than most physician practices realize
1: nice no, I, I agree. I think, that, you know, that's going to be very, very nice to be able to figure out a way to tap into those communities, right? Yes. Uh, and whether, you know, we've always we've debated for a long time whether or not doctors have to be online or not, but this is the way you can differentiate yourself, right? And this is the way you can thrive in a new environment where patients are taking more uh, uh, control of their own care and tapping into their private networks. And there's nothing to say that one of those places you can tap is a very, very compassionate, very empathetic, very understanding physician who can uh, use that technology. Uh, you know, the other things I, I'm very interested in, you mentioned it before, I think the organizations we should keep our, our eyes on are the people like uh, the Innovalance of the world, the Coral Health of the world, the people in the RCM space, because there is so much happening in that world with pre-authorizations and hidden insurance and zero balances and like all these things where they can actually help patients figure out like, oh, this is actually what you're going to pay because I have found insurance that maybe you didn't weren't aware of or coverage that you weren't aware of. And, and by the way, here's the price. Right? And all that stuff around billing and price transparency, I think, will make a huge difference uh, for physician practices who adopt it early and who are able to offer that level uh, to their patients.
0: Yeah, Notion Health taught me about that as well. As far as like low balances, well, yeah, if they're low balances, humans don't. It doesn't make sense for humans to go after them because inherently, by nature, they're low balances. Right. So there's not a lot to collect. So again, this goes back to where we started, which is the technology is going to be needed to enhance it. So then you could go after it, right? Because with the right technology, you can address those type of problems. And so one, I think physician practices on the RCM side are going to need that to survive from a revenue standpoint. But then also on the care side, they need that technology to provide that those small services, micro services to a patient that don't make sense for a human to provide, but that are going to become an expectation of patients because of all these big companies who can provide it at scale.
1: Right. I mean, we definitely know that the Let's, let's be honest the, the workforce challenge has definitely hit physician practices so it's hard to keep billers it's hard to keep RCM people so having these technologies that can help with that the automation and so forth definitely going to be needed down the road and definitely I think if I was a practice I would definitely keep my eye on that type of technology and those kinds of organizations
0: yeah and I'd be interested to watch the reputation space mm-hmm. and see what's going to happen there like that should tell us how physician practices are doing right. versus their competitors <laughs> if you will the one medicals of the world I like guess right. now Amazon and you know, like uh, you know how are they ranking on these ratings and reviews and of course I know there's ways to game it and different things but I think the companies that are looking at that right are going to have a really good picture of what the future for physician practices are because are patients going to say "Ooh, I love this experience with my local doctor or are they going to say why would I go there I want a telehealth visit and they wouldn't do it and so now uh, you know what do I do so I think that's a place to watch and see what the future holds
1: excellent Hey, listen, John, this was so much fun to do this in person. I wish we had more time, and we got to definitely do this a little more often, I think. Yeah, we got to get together more. Yeah, we got (laughs) to have a little more fun by talking about more healthcare technology. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Hey, listen, thanks for those who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. For more information about our show, head on over to the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com, and also check us out on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM, or come to our website at healthcareittoday.com. I screwed that out. I can't believe it. I screwed that out. <laughs> that's good.
0: Just say I'm Colin Okay, i the
1: end. Okay. Hi, I'm Colin Hung, along with my friend and IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for being here.